this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. It's going to be a great one for the salespeople and for the entrepreneurs and business owners of the world because we are talking with Stacy Brown Randall about referrals, how to get referrals, and how to consistently um, and purposefully build habits and processes that can ensure that you're getting referrals consistently that can fill your pipeline. And don't forget, my name is David Chuddick, and I'm a financial advisor with Parallel Financial with all the stock market volatility. If there's anything keeping you up at night, email me, David at ParallelFinancial.com. That's David at ParallelFinancial.com. Let's get together, uh, whether that be in person or by Zoom, and let's talk about what's keeping you up at night and see if you have any next steps. We hope that you enjoy this episode. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chuddick where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast, where we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies to help you to build and maintain wealth. As you know, my name is David Chuddick, and I'm a financial advisor with Parallel Financial. And what that means is I help for my clients to make the right financial decisions for them for the reasons that are important to them. So if there's anything keeping you up at night, any of those market up and downs, email me, David, at ParallelFinancial.com, and let's chat. We can chat in person. We can chat via Zoom, and we can just see if you have any next steps to take. But I'm really excited today, and I'm going to learn a lot of things from my business. Hopefully, we're talking to um, Stacy Brown Randall, and Stacy uh, teaches small business owners, solopreneurs, and sales professionals how to generate referrals without asking, without manipulation, and without feeling inauthentic. And we've all been told that the refer- referrals are the best source of business and the cheapest and most effective form of advertising. So I'm really hoping that our ep- that our audience gets some strong value from this episode today. So, hey, Stacy, how are you? I'm doing great, David. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, great, great. So you work with business owners and salespeople on referrals. I've never met a you know a kindergarten uh, kid that said you know what I want to teach people how to get referrals when I grow up. <laughs> Usually, you want to be a cowboy or 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 rock star or athlete. So, how does somebody get into the teaching referral business? Yeah, and you know, when I was younger, I thought I was going to be the next Katie Couric. So I'm definitely not doing anything that I thought the younger version of me thought that I would be doing. You know, it's funny. I wish, David, there was like this fabulous, brilliant story. Like I woke up one day and God was like, you're just going to be brilliant now, Stacey, when it comes to referrals. But unfortunately, I had to learn it through the school of hard knocks. I actually had to endure a business failure. I had an HR consulting firm that I um, had for just over four years, but it did not quite make it to the five-year mark. And I earned my badge in the business failure club. I am a card-carrying member. Uh, It's not one I ever, yeah, it's what more people are part of it than you would typically think. And usually Mm -hmm. when you tell them you're one, you get the, oh, me too, kind of knowing looks, but it's definitely not a card I need again. I don't need a second badge. (laughs) And so when that business failed, I kind of looked back and I was like, wait, I grew up my whole life thinking, If I wasn't going to be Katie Couric, then I was probably going to be an entrepreneur because I come from a family of entrepreneurs. And I was like, I've got 
why are they successful? And I'm not like, I've got to figure this out because I don't want to work for corporate America if I can help it. And so I started paying attention to why other businesses were successful and mine wasn't. And one thing I landed on was referrals. And so when I started my second business, I was in corporate America for about 18 months before I then started my second business. And when I started that second business, I was like, okay, we're not failing again. We're not going through that again. So let's figure it out. And it really was let's throw spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks. And I started paying attention to how we're taught, how we've been taught for decades and decades and decades about generating referrals. And I didn't like any of it. I didn't like that. Well, you've got to ask your clients and ask your prospects and ask people while you stand in the line at Starbucks, if they know anybody who's just like them, that should be working with you. And Mm -hmm. you got to be always asking and asking all the time. And there's a ton of trainers, particularly in the financial space, but just in a lot of different spaces, real estate, every, it's like every industry has their own experts that have been teaching referrals and they all teach the same way. And it is you got to ask. And if you're not going to ask, well, then they're going to teach you maybe to offer bonuses or commission or some type of incentivizing, right? You're going to compensate. Or the strategy is you got to just network and know a lot of people so that mm-hmm. lots of people always know you and always see you so that they have an opportunity to refer you. And I don't know about other people, but I'm a mom to three kids. Mm-hmm. And that's not possible to do networking every night of the week. I mean, I could do it before I had kids, but it was not going to serve me you know, once I had children and I was like, there's got to be a better way to generate referrals. I shouldn't just have to hope they happen. And I shouldn't have to do tactics that don't work for who I am. And so literally I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out referrals in a different way. I like to reverse engineer things. I start paying attention to why things happen. And I really was throwing spaghetti on the wall. I was like, let's see if this will work. Let's see if this will work. And in my first year with my second business, which I was a productivity and business coach, I received 112 referrals that I didn't ask for. Yeah, it was huge. And I was like, oh, I think I'm onto something here. And then my clients, because as a productivity and business coach, I was actually coaching small business owners. That was always my niche. And so I was coaching small business owners and they were like, thanks, Stacey, for teaching us like how to be more productive and how to tame our inbox. But we really like to learn how you're growing your business by referrals. And which forced me to figure out, oh, wait, there's actually a system. There's There's steps that I'm following and I'm following them pretty consistently. And so I started teaching my clients and then that just kind of morphed. And now we've been doing it for almost 10 years. So yes, if you're wondering, I started when I was like 12, but you you know, I mean, and it's just crazy how I never thought I'd be doing this, but I truly built the process, the system, because I needed to be successful with Mm -hmm. something that was going to work for me and work. Like not only does it need to work for you, but it actually needs to produce results. And when I hit upon that, of course, I guess now I look back, I'm like, well, of course, other people then wanted to know what that looked like. But then I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I can teach you this. And that's really how it all started. We, I did one-on-one coaching and then I would do, you know, like 50-person workshops. And then we did the online programs. And now we have a hybrid of what we offer um, for folks. But really, it all comes down to there is actually a better way to generate referrals. You just have to be willing to be open to it. Well, and, and the cool thing is, so you said your your business that failed was what, HR consulting? Mm-hmm. Now, were you a good HR consultant, do you believe? I think Could, so. Like, sure. I had big name clients like KPMG and BDO were two of my larger clients. I had Ally Bank as a client. I had one of the Coca-Cola um, bottling companies as a client. And, and I would get repeat work for them. The problem was was that I would get a client. And I do what a lot of business owners do in your first or second year, right? You get a client and you're like, oh, I got a client, I'm getting paid. You put your head down Mm -hmm. and you do the work. 
And then I would look up and I'd be like, oh, the project for KPMG is done. There's nobody Uh, else to pay me now. Great. There's no more clients. And the the hamster wheel, the entrepreneurial roller coaster would start and the feast or famine would start. Here's the thing. And I think anybody who's listening to this, that's in their first or second year of business. And they're like, I'm on that right now. That is normal. Like Mm -hmm. it's totally normal to be on that hamster wheel and to be on that entrepreneurial roller coaster your first two years. The problem was I was still on it four years later. And I didn't force myself. I mean, you can talk about however you want to talk about it. I didn't force myself to figure out a business development strategy that consistently worked. I was still like, I got a client. Okay, breathe, right? Like one of my um, consulting contracts was for two years. That can breed a lot of like, I got this. Everything's good. Like relaxation, right? You can like lull you into. But at the end of that two years, if that pipeline's not full, it's, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. So and my reason for asking that question about were you a good HR consultant? Because oftentimes it's not the 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 problem is not that the the owner is not good at their trade. It's that they're right. very good at their trade, but they're not good at getting clients or customers. And, <laughs> and and referrals are 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 it. So this this episode should make everybody tens of thousands of dollars. I'm hoping, but but in all seriousness, yes. because we're all most most business owners they get into their trade because they're good at it. But what they're not good at is finding finding customers. So well, you know, the way I've always described that is when I was a business coach is is like you got into business because you're good at this, whatever this one thing is, right? Yep. You're a great financial advisor, you're a great CPA, you're a great attorney, you are great at helping people make you know transitions. And so you became a real estate agent, whatever it is. You're good at this one thing. But being a business owner means you also got to be good at these other things. And we treat them like, right. And we treat them like they're separate and they're all part of the same same. system. And it's, it's operations, it's sales and marketing at the forefront, but it's all these other, it's eventually if you hire team members, it's HR, like it's not just the one thing you're amazing at. You've also got to figure out how to be a pretty decent, if not better than decent business owner and sales and marketing is at the top of the list. No question. No question. So let's take this like to the basics of basics. And this might even be a dumb question, but what's a referral? Yeah. So not a dumb question. Everybody thinks they know the answer. And when I then explain it to them, they're like, okay, that makes way more sense. So let me start out by asking you a question first, David. And I'm going to totally put you on the spot. So I apologize. Um, but it helps me define referrals where it makes a ton of sense with this question. So if I was to tell you, hey, David, you're going to get a ton of referrals. Why do you get excited about that? Like, what is it about receiving a referral that you're like, yes, this is how I want to receive my clients. This is how I want to grow my business. Because my perception or expectation would be, I would get some some version of, hey, Stacy called me to Stacy told me to call you and become your client. And it's going to take not that much work on my end because people will be calling me. Yes. So they already show up trusting you, right? right? Because somebody's already vouched for you. Someone's told them that they should trust you. So they show up already trusting you, right? You didn't have to go out and find them, right? They also, they showed up, right? And they're usually less price sensitive. They're usually quicker and easier to close because they come with this trust factor and you didn't have to exert a lot of time, energy, effort, and money to get that client in the door because someone told them that they needed to be hiring you. So if we think about why we love referrals, which are all those things we just said, then it would make sense that a referral had to have two key things to be a referral so that it could show up in the way that we get all excited about. Number one is personal connection. 
a referral is always going to be a prospect that is referred to you and is connected to you by a referral source. Now, in the example you gave, that's actually word of mouth buzz because you weren't connected to the prospect by the referral source, but that prospect needed to talk to you about enough that they flipped themselves into a referral when they reached out and said, hey, so-and-so told me to call you, right? One of the things I do teach my clients is like, when you get word of mouth buzz, you need to know the language to flip that into a referral if it doesn't flip itself. And so the idea though is, is that there's always gonna be a personal connection. And that personal connection is going to come from a referral source. That's the human who knows the prospect, who has a problem, and is going to offer you as the solution provider. And the connection typically happens over email, though it can happen in person if you're all at the same event. And it can, of course, happen over text, group text threads, but usually over email. The second piece is there's got to be a need identified. The prospect has to know they're the prospect. Because if not, then you're just being introduced. You're just being introduced and it may be just to grow your network, but you don't actually know, is there a hidden referral in there? Is someone, is one of us supposed to be the client of the other, right? We want that need identified. So it's really important when you recognize a referral when it shows up, because I want you to be able to say, wait, that's actually just an introduction. I've been connected, but there's no need, right? Or when, when someone says, hey, David, I was talking about you the other day. And I told someone what an amazing financial advisor you are. And they had to work with you. Don't worry they'll follow up. And you're like, who, who will follow up? Who is this fabulous person that needs to become my client? When you get word of mouth buzz, right? I want you to know that. I want you to recognize that word of mouth buzz and an introduction aren't referrals. I want you to know what action to take in those moments. But when you get a referral, I want you to recognize it. I want you to say, okay, I've been connected to this person. So that means they trust me and they know they have a need and they recognize that working with me can solve the need. Now we've got to decide it for the right fit because then everything changes about your sales conversation as well as you're bringing that potential client into your company to be a paying client. I love it. So that makes a lot of sense. So like what's what's kind of the first step that that a business owner or salesperson can kind of start taking maybe today just to kind of, do you have to let your clients know that? Because I find that people who are not in business or not in any form of sales, they think that people just call me and just ask to become my clients all the time. <laughs> so, and even some of my clients, you know, they don't, you know, they may be clients for years and they don't remember how they became a client. And the odds are it is due to referral. But um, people kind of think that, you know, people, you just get Googled and people find you. So should I let my friends, family and, and colleagues and, and, and maybe centers of influence and clients know that they, I would like for them to refer their, their people to me that, that where I might be able to fill a need or how do I let them know that they should refer to me? Yeah. So I think the idea of like, should I let them know that they can refer me? It sounds so innocent, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like, maybe they don't know, maybe I need to tell them. But the reality of it is when we don't actually know how a request like that is going to land on our clients or our colleagues or our centers of influence, right? When we don't know how that's going to land, we actually don't know what kind of damage it's going to do. When you look at the psychology behind how referrals happen and the way that we actually want to pay attention to them from a psychology perspective, but also behavioral economics and even social network perspective, when you look at the science behind it, right? Most people are going to refer you not because they're thinking of you. And most people are like, wait, what? Because in truth, the referral isn't about you. 
Like we think referrals are about us because we are the ones who get a new client, sure. right? Mm-hmm. But they're not about you. And so when somebody is actually referring you and the purest sense of the, I'm having a conversation with someone and they need David, this is the referral source being the hero because they get to help somebody solve a problem. You just happen to be the benefit of how they're going to solve that problem. And so the reality of it is, is all the advice out there to ask for referrals or pay commission for referrals or to network to be known by a ton of people, right? For referrals to happen or be really promotional and gimmicky. Like the best compliment you can give me as as a referral place in your email signature. Those tactics and those strategies, those old school tactics and strategies, they come from a place of feeling like the referrals about me. So I've got to go out and trigger them to happen. When the science behind a referral says, no, a referral is about your referral source, knowing somebody who has a problem and then deciding to connect them with you. And so if you look at it from that perspective and you break down the science behind it, what that actually says is you just need to be the one that your referral source, whether it's a client or center of influence or whomever, is actually going to choose to refer to. And so when you think about it from that perspective, it's all about the relationship you have with your referral source. Now, the way that you ask the question, though, is is like, but what if I've got people who've never referred me that could be referring me, right? Well, that's a strategy that we look at called potential referral sources. And it starts with identifying the clients and the contacts who are more likely to refer you and then working them through a process to where you can, it's building a different type of relationship with them. Let me just give a disclaimer up front. When I talk about building a relationship with somebody else, I mean that in the purest of the sense of like putting their needs ahead of your own and making sure that you are taking care of them and making sure you understand that this is like genuine and authentic. This isn't manipulation. This isn't saying the thing you don't mean just to get what out of it, what you want to get out of it. It's like, there's another human on the other side of this whole process. Right. All of your referral sources are humans. And so they should be treated with respect in that regard. So Treat people with respect and like humans? What? Well, look at that. I know. I know. It's amazing. I was like, sometimes, sometimes when I teach my strategies, people are like, so on some level, you're just reminding me to be a good person. I'm like, Yes. But with a strategy and some correct language, we're also going to sure. get the results. Well, I had we a software. To. I did a software demo last week. I won't mention the company. Software was decent, but the sales guy was just beyond pushy. And he kept, you know, mm-hmm. well, what's holding you back from making the decision? I finally said, it's you. You are not listening to me. I did not wake up today planning on committing to $500 a month. Even though your product is not horrible, I am not buying it today. So stop. And he, you know, he didn't treat me with respect and as a human. And so there, there's no referrals coming. There's no purchase coming. And that's, you know, like you said, his, it was very clear that his needs were more important than mine. And we can tell that in an instant, can't we? Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. we just know it. So I always tell folks when they decide to learn from me and they learn all the pieces and the strategies and the frameworks and the science that goes into this, I can boil it down by saying, you need to take care of your relationships. And on the surface, that sounds like, of course, but there's actually like a way to do that correctly. But at the end of the day, you actually have to believe that. You have to believe that the people that you want to refer you are worthy of your help first. And you have to believe that the people who have referred you in the past should be thanked and should be taken care of because they do that. I'm I'm kind of famous for always saying, listen, if you're dead inside and only care about you, I don't want to help you. 
because it's not going to work for you. But, you know, when we're identifying our clients and our contacts that we want to refer to us, right, there's actually a process we take to identify them because as much as you would love 100% of your clients to refer you, I would tell you that the research shows only about 30% will. Can you get that higher? Absolutely, right? You can get that higher with a referable client experience. But the reality of it is if you're just starting this, you're like, stop thinking 100% of your clients have to refer you. Let's aim for 30%. And if we can get that, then we know we can get more. And so we identify who we want to refer us, whether it's clients or our centers of influence. And then we take them through a process where we're going to build a better relationship with them. We're going to use some language, but we're really going to be impacting how they feel about us, meaning we're going to try to take care of them because at that time is when they know that we're for real, right? And then of course, the language that we're using, which we call referral seeds, that's when it's actually going to be planted and actually be able to take root and work. The reality of it is you, but you actually probably, and I would guess David, you and all of your list, majority of your listeners, whereas you probably have people who've never referred you that you want to refer you, you're probably sitting on some low hanging fruit. And that is the people who have referred you in the past. And so that's our existing referral source strategy, because the first and easiest strategy to start with, if, if I've referred you before and you just take better care of me and use better language and are, have a better relationship with me because I've already done it before, I'll probably be more likely to do it again. And so usually if you've been in business more than two years and you have more than five people referring you, we start with our existing referral source strategy, which means we're going to look back at the last three or four years of your clients. We're going to figure out where they came from, all those that referred to you by someone. We're going to collect the names of those referral sources, and then we're going to build a plan with the right language to take care of them. Because if they referred you before, they have a greater chance of referring you again. Doesn't mean we're going to hit 100%, right? But that's going to be the strategy that we're going to take. And all of this comes down to how you take care of other people within the framework that we teach it. But at the end of the day, you actually got to want to take care of these people. And that's ultimately what makes the process work. And if someone's been sending you clients, of course you want to take care of them. Like it would be crazy that you didn't want to take care of people who've been referring clients to you or that you ultimately want to refer to you in the future. So, so we have, when you say take care, are you saying reward with a gift? Are you saying reward with just a, a thank you card or just a genuine, hey, thank you for referring that person that worked out really well? Like how would you, in, in my line of business, a good referral could be worth tens of thousands of dollars of revenue, which would certainly not, you know, would be warranted of a really nice dinner or, or something nice, but is that almost coming off as manipulative? Right. So I love that you asked that question because I think it's really gets to the heart of the, what we ultimately end up doing. Um, And, you know, it's funny, I worked with a wealth manager with Oppenheimer up in New York. And I remember he was using one of the strategies that I teach. And he was like, I followed it to a T and I closed $12 million in AUM and assets under management. And I was like, what's the ROI on that? And, you know, when you think about, right, the, the fees on that yeah, year over year over year, yeah, you're talking you, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, you're doing okay on that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're doing fine. And so you're right. Like you feel like he's like, oh my gosh, I just got referred these two people. I closed, you know, these millions of dollars in assets under management. He's like, okay, like, what, what do I do to say to my, what do I do? Like he was saying it to me because I taught him, but he was also thinking it from the referral source perspective. So here's the thing. There's a framework you have to follow. Number one, every, anytime, any, any, anytime. I cannot say this enough. Anytime you are referred, you should pause and write a handwritten thank you note, thanking the referral source for the person they just referred to you. I don't care if they send you 10 referrals in a year, 
they should get 10 thank you notes. Or if they refer you two in one week, you can write one thank you note with with both people, right? For regarding both people. But every time someone thanks you, but what if it's like your 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 dude buddy? You know, kind of a thank you note is kind of weird and awkward, or is that just me? So it Here's the thing. I find that when most people are hearing me talk about the things you've got to do, right, they start applying their own filter to it and they start applying their own their own perceptions to it. So here's what I would say before I would say, yeah, you're right. I would say write him one and see how he responds. Okay. Because most of the time when people do that and the person's like, dude, that was really nice. Like I never get mail. Thanks Mm -hmm. for taking time to or or they're going to be like, dude, you know, I'm going to refer you. You never have to send me a thank you note. They're not going to be angry. They're like That's almost yeah. never angry that you took time to think about them and write them a thank you note, particularly if your handwriting is really bad. So you got to write really slow so All that right. they can read it because like you it. have to be the one who writes it. So when we think about the, what are we doing? Like, how are we taking care of them? It starts by making sure every time they do what we're hoping, which is the referral, right? That we are thanking them for it, but you are not going to unleash a referral explosion if all you're ever doing is thanking them for the referrals that they send you. So behind that, we need a referral plan that is a series of touch points. And the range is somewhere between four and eight. Most people in their first year are gonna do six to seven touch points. Eventually you'll get to where you're only doing four or five a year, the more you do this. And the, but those touch points have to come with a variety. So there's a scientific framework we use to the what are your touch points gonna to be. And there's some, since we've been doing this for so long, we know which ones everyone's gotta do and we know which ones needs to be customized and up to you. But the reality of it is there's got to be variety to it, right? You can't take someone to coffee every other month and think that that's all it's going to take to get referrals because there's no variety there. I mean, like on the fourth coffee in a year, what are you going to say? Right. Right. So like there's got to be that. It can't be just one way to do it. And gifts, whereas they're great, if you do too many of them or you spend too much money, then it feels Mm -hmm. like you're doing it on purpose. So the variety of what you do, the when you do it, the cadence to it, but more important, the language that you use for why they're receiving whatever it is, right? The gift, the invitation to coffee, right? The handwritten note, whatever it is, the language that you use is what makes everything feel and is normal to them. And that's actually the secret sauce of what ultimately ends up working with us. And what people don't understand is, is that most people actually want to be thanked and recognized for what they do. They just don't need a big fanfare thing about it, right? They, they don't need you taking them out to like, you know, a night on the town or like, a, you know, 14 hour spa day. Though, of course, anyone could do that for me. I will happily take that. But, you know, the reality of this is that they just need acknowledgement and they don't even know they need it sometimes until they receive it. But I'll tell you what, I have more people reach out to me on social media and they will be like, what is wrong with people that they don't thank me when I just referred to them? And I was like, well, it's the same reason why people don't RSVP to events when they've been invited. And it's the same reason why people don't write thank you notes after they get Christmas gifts. Like it's because we have like stopped doing the things that our mama and our pop and our dads mm-hmm. taught us. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's kind of how we are as a society. It's like you get into an elevator and someone sneezes and sometimes nobody says, God bless you. Like Absolutely. it's because as a society, we don't do the things we know we should be doing. And so when you do them, you're automatically going to stand out but we're going to use language so that we're also crafting a result that we're looking for as well. So without giving away too much, what, what, what is some of that language? Can you give us a little teaser maybe? So let's say this. So I'm, you know, I'm someone who potentially could refer a lot of people to you just kind of in my circle. So how, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, what's some language that you might use with me 
uh, just kind of knowing, knowing that, you know, I would know a lot of other financial advisors and people that potentially could use your services. Yes. Yeah, so here's the thing. Every, like we call them. Are you going to ask me to take out my phone and go through nope. my contacts and nope. give you the names and phone numbers? Because no, that's because the I'm, creepiest I, thing ever. And that would ever. never work ever. You know, actually, do you know what's creepier than asking you to take out your phone and go through your contacts is me sliding across to the desk to you. If we were in person, a list of your LinkedIn contacts and telling Ooh. you to circle who you Ooh. know that I should be working with. Oh, it's just so creepy. Or even like, more manipulative would be if we were in the same room, you put down a piece of paper and say, I'm going to go make a photocopy. Would you mind writing down your five closest friends who might need my services? Because that's yeah. not awkward at all. At all. And I can't see through that at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, gosh, the stuff that I've seen people do, I'm like, how do you stomach that? And it's, a lot of times they're like, I just don't do it. Or they're like, I did it once. I felt horrible. I could never do it again. Right. Um, and so that's why I exist. I mean, I truly sure. believe like that's why I exist. Well, and you but, need to you know, show a little bit of energy and passion for what you do because you're just kind of sitting there with no energy and nobody's getting excited. <laughs> Me, none whatsoever. Um, I, you know, it's funny because when I talk to people about doing this, you know, they're always like, and they're hearing about it for the first time. I always tell them like, the truth is, I think if I had the strategy that I use now with my first business, that first business never would have failed. I am so grateful and thankful that that was the journey that God wanted me to go on. And I had to endure that failure. And I'm happy to talk about what I learned from it because it put me in a position to do this today. But if I had this, that business would not have failed. Um, and I think that's the important piece of probably what really drives me is that I know exactly what it's like to have a business fail. And I know exactly how I want to save people from going through that. I just got lucky enough to do it in this way because of something I had to figure out for myself. But you asked about language. So let me get back to that real quick. Because I'm sure yep. people are like, get back to the language, get back to it. You got off course. Let's talk I know. language get here. Back on. I need I'm referrals. Gonna, I'm going to blame it on you, David, but there I'm just go. kidding. So here's the thing. Um, for And I'm going to talk about two of, so I think the best way to understand referral seeds is for me to put them in examples, which also means anybody listening can take these and use them tomorrow if the situation presents itself. Because I think once you see it and hear it and use it, you're like, oh, I get it. But I want you to know most of the referral seeds we use are for specific instances. So like you always know what you're going to say or what you're going to do in instances, but you've also modified it to fit who you are. And of course, your truth, right? So, and these are two that I also talk about in my book, generating business referrals without asking. So if someone's driving right now and they're listening to this and they can't like write it down and they don't necessarily go back and listen to the episode, they can get the book too. And it's in one of the chapters because again, examples are the best way to learn. So let's, we talked about a thank you card, right? So let me give you that as my first example. When somebody refers a client to you, right? So when you refer some of those financial advisors that you know to me, right? What you're going to receive is going to be a handwritten card in the mail. It's going to be from me. And the very first line of it's going to say what we call the thank by name referral seed. And that means I'm literally going to say, thank you, David, for referring Sarah or Joe or whomever to me. Because in that minute, I planted a referral seed by, thank, by saying thank you for referring them. And then I've reminded exactly who, which reminds you the type of people, right, that you can refer to me. And so that language is, but at the end of the day, David, I actually mean my thank you. Yes, yep. it's strategically written in a card in a certain way, like thank you for referring and then insert the person's name. But at the end of the day, I actually mean it. Uh, thank you. Like, of course, I would I would love for that to happen, right? And so it makes it really easy, but it's like, thank you for referring so-and-so to me, right? It's an honor to help the people you know and care about. If there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. Boom, it's three sentences, super simple, but it does what it needs to do in terms of thanking and planning a referral seed. 
Another one that people can use is what I call it's how we answer the how's business question. So you're heading out to a networking event, right? Number one question you're going to be asked tonight, David, is how's it going? How's business? How are busy. things? We've been busy. Just busy. And that is how people answer all the time. And it's nothing. Okay, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with that answer. It's just leaving a lot of opportunity on the table. Right. So I always talk about the best way to answer the how's business question is to actually talk about it from a referral perspective. So say, oh my gosh. And so let's just, I'm going to pretend, right? Like you asked me how business was. And I'd be like, David, thank you for asking me. Business is actually really great. I mean, it's, we've been super busy. We're getting ready to launch a new website. And you know, it's crazy. I was looking back over the first couple of months of this year at where my clients are coming from. And it's crazy, right? That 80% of the clients that, are, that have come on board have been referred to me. Don't you think it's the best way possible to grow a business by having clients that are referred to you? It's a comment about my business development from a referral perspective. And then it's a question to you. And that is the number, because here's, here's what people forget about networking events. We are lazy humans that Mm -hmm. remember one thing and one thing only about a person that we've just met if we don't know them. And if we do know them, we're still lazy and we still only remember one thing from every conversation. If I can drive that to be referrals, then that's given me an opportunity to plant a referral seed. But the truth is, you may not know people you can refer to me, which means that referral seed of how I answered how's business may fall on concrete and blow away. But you could be the type of person who could refer to me. And now you already know I get referrals. And then we've had a conversation about referrals. I haven't said anything about you giving me any. I'm just planting the idea, right? I'm planting the seed. And maybe that referral seed would fall on fertile ground. You will not get a bunch of referrals because of how you answer the question, how's business and the way that I said it. It's one seed that you have planted and that has to be nurtured over time. But these are the strategies, the tools in your toolbox that I want clients to have, like I want business owners to have because I know in those moments, they have opportunity for the referrals to actually start taking root. Well, and I think, you know, if you wanna be a champion at what you do, you have to have a process and you have to be purposeful And you have to just, you can't just whine about, I never get referrals. You have to go out and find out why, you know, pay some, I'm sure you don't work for free, pay someone to teach you and and read a book or watch YouTube videos. You know, there's work involved with succeeding in the areas that we need to succeed. But I can say definitively that any business owner, any salesperson that can increase their amount of referrals that they're getting, they're going to increase their amount of sales, which increases revenue. And ultimately that, that, that makes your life better because revenue mm-hmm. solves a lot of, um, a lot of problems. So this yes. is, this, this is really fascinating. Um, before we kind of get to the end of the um, podcast, I do want to put you on the spot for the same question that I ask every guest. So we're the weekly wealth podcast. And um, we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies that can help you to build and maintain wealth. So Stacy, I would like to know your definition of true wealth. So what is your definition of, of true wealth? I think I define true wealth the same way I define true success. And it will be all the memories and the moments and the full engagement in my life that I take with me that I can't actually it's all the things, right, that I can't take with me. Those aren't the things that matter. Um, it's the 
the engagement that I have and being fully present with my children and with my husband and the life that we are building, those are the things that to me are truly what make me wealthy and truly what make me successful. I love my business and I love how successful it is, um, but it is there to serve the life that I ultimately want because when I am on my deathbed, I'm not taking any of it with me. That's right. And I will be taking with me the memories that I have and leaving memories for those like my children that sure. I leave behind. I love it. So you have not broken the streak. I've never once had anybody answer with a specific dollar amount. It's always <laughs> some sort of memories and, and the people around you and, and the things that are really important. So, or it, um, I guess it could technically be a gazillion dollars too. A gazillion dollars. <laughs> would, would, wouldn't hurt. So wouldn't cool. Hurt. Awesome. All right. So a business owner or a salesperson that's listening and thinking, you know what, I am the best at what I do, but I don't have enough customers. Or I, I have the best product in my area, in my niche or niche, not sure which it is yet, but I don't have enough customers. I need more referrals. How do they find you? And tell us a little bit about how you would work with these types of people. Yeah, absolutely. So they can go to my website. It's my home base, stacybrownrandall.com. Stacy has an E just to keep it confusing. Um, but when they go on the website, they can learn more about uh, the work that I do. I've got a podcast. I've got a book out. We've got lots of free resources on there. But there's also a section on the homepage that talks about the three ways that I work with clients. And a lot of it actually has to do with how long you've been in business and how many referral sources you have now. So if you've been in business less than two years and or have less than five referral sources, we have a strategy that I would tell you to start with. It's potential referral sources. If you've been in business longer than two years or have more than five people referring you, you need to go with our existing referral, referral source strategy. And if you're like, hey, and those are two online programs. And if you're like, yeah, online doesn't work for me, Stacey, I want accountability from you. I want access to you. We also have that option as well, where it's a coaching program uh, combined with all of our strategy program trainings as well. So that's how people work with me. There's a great big section right there on the homepage. When you go, you can land there and find out what that looks like. But for the person who's like, you know, I'm dipping my toe in and I'm first learning about this referrals and this referrals naturally, right? The without manipulation, without incentivizing, and of course, without even asking, we actually have a great quiz you can take. We call it the referral ninja quiz. It's nine questions, super fast. And it'll tell you the level of referral ninja you are. I'm going to guess that most people who take it because of the thousands of people who've taken this over the years, 82 to 84% typically land at the beginner level. It's not the only level, but where I want you to be is at the master level, the referral ninja master level, which is usually only 2% of percent of people who take the quiz where they land until they've worked with me. And then our goal is to get everybody to the referral ninja master level. But that nine question quiz is super simple. You can find it on the website or just go to referral quiz dot com and just go straight there to take those nine answer those nine questions and figure out okay what level of a ninja am i of a referral ninja am i and then your results will tell you what you need to do to move to the next level awesome awesome i love it that is uh, just super cool stuff this is these are actionable tips that can help you to put more money in your pocket which gives you a less stressful life a more profitable business and everything that comes along with it so for anybody that is thinking this makes a lot of sense to me. Go to Stacy, that's with the E S T A C E Y, brownrandall.com. Check out all the free resources, check out her podcast, and tell us again the link for the, um, the referral ninja quiz. It is referralquiz.com. 
referralquiz.com. See if you, um, I would probably not be a referral ninja. I'd probably end up getting like the referral sumo wrestler or something, <laughs> whatever the lowest possible rating would be. You would just so, be a beginner. You'd still be a ninja. Be a You're still going to get so. a belt, but it's going to be at the beginner level. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Stacy, uh, we could talk about referrals for another hour and a half. But um, we've actually made this a longer podcast than usual, which is awesome because we talked that long. Yeah, and I I like your passion for this. And I think you can really help people. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your expertise. I appreciate all of it. And until next episode, we wish everybody a blessed week. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.